Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. A reading from the Old Testament from Exodus chapter 24 verses 12 through 18. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for, this, for, the, for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And now a reading from the Gospels, Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with them. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And they, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about, this, about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Today we celebrate Transfiguration Sunday. I like to think of it as Otherworldly Sunday. 
We are celebrating that God, the Trinity, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, cared enough about making sure the disciples understood who Jesus really was. After all the miracles and the teaching, it was a little bit more. Making, it was that little bit of extra. It was that what we all need in times to know that God really is with us, that God is real. My day job when I'm not here is working for Carl Hospice. I'm the bereavement coordinator, and one of the things that I am privileged to do is to lead grief support groups. During the, during the time that we're together, I encourage all group members to work on self-care, but also, just as importantly, making the time every day to do something, anything, that gives them joy. When someone is grieving, that can be a hard thing to do, finding those things that give us joy, that give us that little bit of spark, that little bit of excitement. But it is so important to recognize those times when you feel a little jolt of pleasure, a little bit of something that gives us energy. It could be as little as cuddling up in a warm blanket and sipping some hot chocolate. Or it could be reading a book to a grandchild, just so long as you do something that can make you feel a little bit more alive. I also believe that God is in those moments of spark, of togetherness, and of praise. Sometimes those moments are small, like suddenly being surprised by a glorious sunrise or a sunset. And sometimes those times are big things. It all depends on where you are, I think. We see God's glory in the mountains or prairies. Other times it may be that still small voice giving us the assurance that everything really is going to be okay. Or it could be something so striking that we cannot deny the spirits moving. We may have felt that at the time of a child's birth or at a death. It may have been because of the peace that we feel or it could have been something even more dramatic, even more moving. We are just at the cusp of Lent. This is our fallow time. Ash Wednesday is coming, this coming Wednesday, and Lent traditionally is a time of, som of somberness and of, and of examination. When we recommit ourselves to being disciples, I think traditionally also it's a time that we have seen as a time of denial, even denial of pleasure. And so what I think is fascinating is that we are at a time where we are talking about the, about the transfiguration, where God's spirit, God's presence is so undeniable and then on the other side of Lent, we have the resurrection. And so that, to me, is something that says, hey, even as we are preparing ourselves, that God is with us, expect the unexpected. And so during this time, as we do maybe perhaps go into ourselves, maybe we have times of, of deep contemplation, hopefully we are, felt, we are faced with our true selves, our unadorned selves, and it is helpful to, to know that there is such a thing as glory and the mystery of the transfiguration.
I think, too, that in the midst of our imperfectness, we understand sometimes that God doesn't really care so much about that. God really cares about relationship and about letting us know that God is really here. That even though life is not perfect, there's another reality. There is the other worldliness of God's glory. When we read these stories of God's glory in our, with our 22nd century eyes and minds, we have to deal with the fact that when we are talking about faith, we have to take into account that glory and mystery are a part of our faith. And I think that is really hard sometimes to grasp, that glory and mystery are a part of our faith. Things happen that we just can't put into words, be it in the times of beauty we notice or be it in the times of human interactions we have. I know of very few people who have experienced a dazzling light or an extreme warmth that has come unexplainably, but I have faith that God comes to us in ways that we will never be able to understand. I am not here this morning to explain to you the mystery of the glory of God, but I am here to tell you that these experiences are a part of our history as a people of faith, and they inform our faith. In the text for today, we have two stories where God's glory is the main point. The first one is when God invites Moses into God's glory, and during that time, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. The second is of Jesus' transfiguration in the presence of his disciples. Why are these stories so important, and why do we celebrate these stories before Lent? Because we need to be open to the mystery in the midst of our imperfect world be it in celebrating a beautiful sunset or sunrise or in letting go of something precious as they leave this earthly journey. God's mystery and glory are everywhere. And when that mystery and glory do come into our everyday world, we realize who really is in control. Because God does have the whole world in God's hands. I like to note that Moses had to wait for God to invite him into God's presence. It wasn't an automatic thing. Moses waited for six days before he was invited into God's presence. And then Moses spent 40 days cut off from his community. Moses went up the mountain with his elders. Then, he, then just he and Joshua proceeded, and then only Moses. And then he waited for six days before he was invited into God's glory. God chose when the moment was right for Moses. Could it be that God also chooses that moment when we too are also ready? Could God also be waiting for when we can truly hear and when our hearts are really open? God's self-giving is never casual or incidental. We are dealing with a being who will not be infringed upon or who will not be taken for granted because God's holiness is never just handed over. We love hearing about God's welcoming love for everyone, but yet we must understand that it is never cheap or assuming. God may wait until we are ready. And when we are allowed to experience God's glory, it is mysterious and gives us a whole new understanding of God's perfect way. This whole understanding was illustrated for me vividly when I heard a story about some old family friends 
My parents were missionaries in Japan, and one of the difficulties of being a missionary family was not only the separation, the, the, not only the, the separations families went through, but also the change in culture. It was not uncommon that in order for children to receive a good education, many families chose to send their children to boarding school, some at very young ages, as in six or seven. As today, parents struggled between serving the church and being present for their children. Work-life balance. When the children graduated from high school, they were sent back to the United States to attend college. Children were faced with a challenge not only of going to college, but also being away from their culture, of their identity that they grew up in, and being away from family and friends. For many, not, be, not even being allowed to pick up a phone and call home. These transitions we face as young adults are hard enough, even in the most supportive circumstances. And this particular family openly struggled. Andrew was a son of missionaries who for many years struggled, struggled with alcohol and drugs, controlling his life. One night, after many attempts of recovery, Andrew was in a bar, got into a fight, fell, and hit his head. He never recovered. And his father, Calvin, said, the Lord was good to take him out of his pain, out of his suffering. When Calvin went to the town where Andrew had died, he attended church that Sunday after his death. And since it happened to be a Sunday that was also the pastor's first Sunday, everyone, asked, everyone was asked to wear name tags. During the passing of the peace in this unknown church, Calvin turned to face a man whose name was the same as his son's, Andrew. He looked at Andrew. He had a beard like Andrew. Calvin explained that his son had recently died and he had been unable to hug him goodbye. Could he do so now? Andrew graciously consented, and Calvin, in that moment, was able to, to hug his son goodbye. We do not know what kind of healing went on in that moment, what kind of asking for forgiveness and reconciliation took place in that relationship. But certainly there was a mystery, and there was glory, and there was love, and there was understanding. And I believe that even though we pass away, we are still trying to reconcile, and I believe it happens. That God's glory can use us in ways we have no idea. The disciples came down the mountain. They wanted to stay where God's glory was real. But Jesus took them down and even told them not to say anything about this until he was gone. They came down the mountain but they came down the mountain with the understanding that God is with us in mysterious ways. That God will give us a spirit of understanding and welcome that if a stranger who is bowed down with grief, who prayed for years for healing and wholeness for his son, but never got it, knows that sometimes God's grace is in us and in our gracious response to others. Calvin has also passed away now. And I have hope that they are all in heaven where God makes everything new again, where there is a new heaven and a new earth. 
May we always be aware of God's glory and God's working in us and through us in our everyday. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.